You have failed me yet again. Start screen. This is 8-Bit, episode 44, My Pants Left the Room, on Sunday, September 8th, 2013, and now, want somewhere to put your seed? This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker, with guest Katie Redman. Breaking so, news flash, everyone. Rick or Katie likes to eat her pickles. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Her pickles that or is, other people's pickles? That is bad. That is the watermelon one yesterday. Oh, oh my god, that was so great. Oh god. So, do I want to know? Yes, you do. You really do. So Katie offers no. you some watermelon. <laughs> I'm going to eat my other pickle. And then, oh and then she immediately goes, Ian, do you want somewhere to put your seed? <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> because then you went and stood in a corner <laughs> and pretended like we weren't there. <laughs> That's the only thing I could do. <laughs> so, Ian, I hear that you started classes this week. Yes, I did. How are those going for you? Well, I'm pretty good. I mean, nothing too, too exciting. I mean, I was told to shut up because I was geeking out too much and talking <laughs> too much. Better than but... being flicked off. <laughs> well, I did do that to a professor as a greeting. He's the sort of professor... Okay, so I, I saw him standing over outside of the building where his department is housed, and I walk over and say, Hi, Professor Huff, and then proceed to flick him off as I walk over to him. And, um, and he asks me when I got there, Did you just flick me off? I say, but of course, and we just laugh about it. So he's the, uh, that sort of professor. The professor who did flick me off. Um, we've actually so his name is uh, Peter Dolan, and we've decided that we need to put. It, seriously, stop eating. <laughs> we decided that we need to put a picture of Dolan Duck up on the screen before he gets to class on Monday. Yeah, now you're doing better. Suck, get it nice and sloppy. Get it all wet first. Shut up. <laughs> Do you want me to just mute my mic until I'm done? Maybe. <laughs> That'd probably be best. So you're a I'm classics a... major. So you're taking. I'm in some Greek, sort of Greek, Latin, ancient Greek history, um, and that was the one where I was told to shut up in. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, something that I'm kind of excited for that is we have to do during the last few weeks of class. We have to do an oral presentation. Um, and I got to choose, and we, we were given a bunch of topics to choose from, but I came up with my own, which looks like it'll be really interesting. Um, and it'll be specifically focusing on the technology of warfare, looking at ancient Greece, so like looking at how the different things were made, how they were effective, everything from um, hand-to-hand armor and weapons for hand-to-hand combat that way to chariots, which were huge in combat there, to siege weaponry, everything like that. Um, and just sort of looking how that evolved throughout the time period that we're studying. And, so. I mean, knowing you, you're going to enjoy the oral presentation. Oh, my. Yes, he <laughs> likes oral. <laughs> no comment. I, I missed this show so much over the summer. <laughs> I will neither deny nor confirm that statement. <laughs> oh. So, I think we have some headlines to talk about. Yeah, I suppose. There are a few interesting gaming things that happened this week. Katie, why don't you start us off? All right, I guess. <clears throat> Minecraft started coming out with mashup DLCs for the 360 version. 
The first is Mass Effect, which features a Mass Effect themed texture pack, a world save of Mars mission from Mass Effect 3, and a bunch of new skins and the soundtrack. Ooh. Hmm, yes. Uh, I'm amazed that they're including all those things for $5, because, like, the soundtrack from Mass Effect 3 is worth more than that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's worth more to you, Ian. Uh, to me, yeah, definitely. Yes. And I mean, I remember seeing actually um, when I was pulling together articles today, there was something on IGN about that, and they were saying it sucked. Now that being said, I don't know if they were legitimately saying that or if they were just saying that ironically. I didn't actually click on the article and read it, but. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, people do like to jump around sometimes, and yeah. you know, we're never sarcastic. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> so I found a really, really weird trailer this week. It's for Mugenics, which is the upcoming game from uh, Team Meat, and they've created a music video that explains how cat breeding works. I definitely encourage you to go and listen to it because it's, it's hilarious, um, but we're not going to watch the video on the show because it's a visual. Maybe post-show fringe, but... Maybe. What the hell? If we remember to. <laughs> if. It yeah. is good. Right. Alright. Although the Mega Man series seems to have come to a standstill, its creator has not. Keiji Inafune, co-creator of Mega Man, recently announced Kickstarter for Mighty Number no. 9, and it looks to be not only Mega Man's spiritual successor, but also wildly popular, as the Kickstarter campaign blew past its 900,000 goal in less than 24 hours. Mega Man fans rejoice here. Savior has arrived. And I'm going to click on that really quick and check out the Kickstarter and see what it's at right now. Currently, it is at twice that. It is at 1,876,460 with 22 days to go. So uh, do they have, what kind of, like, um, stretch goals do they have? Let's see. Um, let's see. Stretch goals at uh, um, 1,200,000. Two more stages at 1,350,000. Macs or Mac and Linux versions at mm. 1.5 New Game Plus and Turbo Mode, 1,750,000 making of documentary at 2.2 million. We get console versions. Oh. And then they have no idea what to do after that. Nice. I think they just they just kept keep on setting uh, stretch goals each time that one's been reached. Right. Makes sense. So you may not have thought about this before, but the horror genre really depends a lot on using stereo stereotypes of, say, mental illness, uh, asylums, stuff like that. So a game jam called Asylum Jam aims to draw attention to this by creating a bunch of horror games that don't use those stereotypes at all. And that game jam will be running from October 11th to the 13th, just in time for Halloween. Sweet. Awesome. I, I, I can't think of a sh like a horror thing that doesn't involve some crazy guy trying to kill a bunch of hot women. Yeah, I, I mean, especially especially in terms of games. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the movie that I watched this past Friday night um, was listed as a horror movie, but honestly it was really bad. It's called The Purge. Oh, God. Well, this is that more about looks horror so games. Stupid. Yeah, that's true. It, it wasn't very good, and it was only like an hour and 20 minutes long, too. At least they didn't waste any more of your time. Very true. Thank <laughs> God for that. Well, Sony will supposedly be showing off a virtual reality headset at the Tokyo Game Show later this month, 
Apparently, they are deciding if they want to sell it as a core component of the PS4 or an optional add-on. Seems like this is the kind of thing they should have brought up when they announced the PS4, if they wanted it to be a core component. I saw a video review of a um, like the previous version of this headset, and apparently it really sucks. <laughs> like the the guy who was reviewing it had used had used an Oculus Rift, and he was like, "Yeah, this just doesn't compare." <laughs> I hope they maybe team up with Rift and. That would make so much more sense. Yeah. Speaking of which, have we actually seen, um, or do we know when Oculus Rift is coming out for consumer? Nope. No idea. That looks cool. I might have to actually get one when they come out. I would be, I, I would be really excited for it too if I didn't have a 3D monitor, and you know, I would feel <laughs> really bad buying an Oculus Rift after buying a 3D monitor. <laughs> yeah. I don't. So I don't feel bad. Need Go any? for it. <clears throat> and I'll give you a review, too. All right. Gearbox. The minds behind the Borderlands series seems to be gearing up. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. Big. Oh, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this week, they announced that they were going to be having two new games coming out to the next-gen consoles. And although they haven't given any details yet, they're going to be revealing those at this year's Gearbox Community Day, which is next Saturday, September 14th. I wait with great anticipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think it'll be fine. I think they'll do fine. And I mean, if someone <laughs> of us really wants to go, I guess you could say um, it's twenty dollars a pop, um, and that gets you not only the ability to stream the game, but let's see, it gets you closed beta access to a future Gearbox software game, Borderlands 2 Community Day heads and skin pack, Homeworld HD and Homeworld Classic download code and HD stream and archive access to Community Day. Ooh. And again, that's only 20 do- or twenty bucks for a pop. Huh. I might just do that. So we thought previously that the Xbox One was probably going to be coming out on November 8th, but it's going to be launching on November 22nd, a week after the PS4. They're going to get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, pro- <laughs> probably. I mean, it's just going to be bad. <laughs> Now, I mean, they've got enough going against them. As, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of screwed. Good news. I figured out why I was echo- echoey. Wow. It was because it was using Good my webcam's uh, microphone. All right. Yep. So although go, not necessarily news-related, graphics being shown off is always welcome. IGN has compiled a video of graphics that are going to be on the next-gen consoles, and although it's a little quick-moving, god damn, is it beautiful. Yeah, when when you first showed me that, I was like, oh, I should just be a snob and say, oh, I could just go play Crisis 3 right now. <laughs> but I don't want to be a snob. Really? And you were like, damn! <laughs> <laughs> well, over the years, the gaming industry has been growing up. You see less scantily clad women, and when you do, it's more likely to get backlash. Well, not to worry, because Metal Gear Solid Five characters are being made more erotic, so people will be more likely to cosplay as them and to sell figurines. The community's reaction was mixed, so they added some clarification. Sexy would have been a better word. It applies to making sexy weapons and vehicles 
not just characters. Well, yeah. about this, <laughs> let's just say that there are some people who might be better off not cosplaying as sexy characters. Gently, but firmly, no. <laughs> um, I can't believe that you would say something like that to about me to my face. I know, Ian, but you as slave Le- Layla, Layla, just yeah. Sorry, Leia. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch Star Trek. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and the force be with you. I feel like because they went out and said that, hey, we're making these things more erotic or sexy. Uh, I mean, why? I haven't played Metal Gear before. Why do people play it? Do they play it for the erotic characters in it? I have no idea. I don't think so. Because, I mean, because it seemed like this was a new focus- thing. Yeah, shouldn't they be focusing more maybe on, like, storyline or the titles of their games? Like, Revengeance? Seriously? <laughs> Oh, it's just—it's just me, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I have never played a Metal Gear Solid game. Ian, have you? No. Though I've seen Metal Gear Awesome, but that's really about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's one of—it's one of those classic game series that everybody is just kind of like, oh, Metal Gear. Oh. Mm-hmm. If I ever pick up a place, that'll be one that I will play. Miss the entire thing. <laughs> Should I swap uh, to the different micro or the other microphone then? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if it's going to continue to be a problem. Okay. In the meantime, um, I would like to talk about Steam because I love Steam. So one of my yeah, biggest Steam. one of my biggest problems during the Steam summer sale was finding friends who were online right at that minute who wanted to trade you know Steam trading cards with me, and uh, well to remedy this Valve has introduced trade offers. You can now propose a trade to a friend, and if they accept, then hey the trade happens. This also works as a way to make trades uh, from a computer that does not have Steam installed, for example, my Chromebook which is really nice because I couldn't do trades with people while I was at camp because I didn't have my Windows box. Yeah, that seems kind of silly for them to do. Is this like New Age Pokemon cards? Is that what it's kind of like, Ian? No. I, I explained what the Steam Oh, yeah, 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 right? I did. Yeah. The whole badges and, yep. getting... and getting things on your profile mostly is mm-hmm. what it's for. Yeah. Level up. Which I'm a level 10 now. Yay! <laughs> well, you were there when that happened. Ooh. No less yay. I mean, I'm still cheering you on. Yeah. Yay, I'm a level 2. What? <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Did you guys know that Focus Home Interactive was having a week out or sale for this past week? Um, yeah, I'm not interested in any of their stuff, so I didn't. Even the really Game care. of Thrones games? Uh, no, dude, look at their scores. They scored in the 50s. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those were terrible games. Well, yeah, never mind. And of course, <laughs> you know, Declan berated me for not having any brand loyalty. <laughs> because me being 300 pages into uh, the first book of the series means that I'm going to have brand loyalty. Yep. That's what it always means. Right. Well, kind of with brand loyalty, I mean, you can't really enjoy this game unless you have a little bit of it to begin with. 
So the maker, um, the makers of the Serious Sam franchise are at it again. Their upcoming game, Shadow Warrior, just or looks just as over the top and goofy. And although the game's existence has been known for a while, they recently released a trailer that features what they describe as the game's under underappreciated features, which includes fully destructible bicycles, fish physics, and laser-guided trolling. All of which sound like yes, things that they would have that the um, that they would have mentioned for the Crisis trailer that we talked about on our first episode ever. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I don't know that fish physics. <laughs> I don't know how excited I am for this because I played through the Serious Sam games and I didn't really enjoy them. Like, the whole point of the games were to be these hardcore, like, old-school shooters and I, I, I don't know, I don't do old-school shooters, apparently. Mm. Yet. We're working on Yet. It. <laughs> <laughs> I need to actually finish those games. I've started them a couple times, but I haven't actually gotten through them. I got well. stuck on number one. <laughs> Awesome. I need to start number one. I should start there as opposed to three. What the heck am I doing? <laughs> Silly. I know, right? All right. So, for all our younger listeners, sorry about the swearing. Um, we, we never fucking s- swear. Hey, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> well, we have some good news. Disney Infinity is coming out to PC in October. It was originally a platform-based sandbox game, but will actually be coming out to PC in October. (laughs) Just in case you missed that first one. Uh, Even more so, adding the new sandboxy playfulness of it, it has recently been announced that you can now share whatever worlds that you can create. That is terrible wording. Just I'm so sorry. long as you've already purchased the toy box required to make it, but not to play it, surprisingly. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I, I read about this just before we started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was a little bit weird because it took me a few seconds to figure out what the heck the little thing was talking about because it, it, <laughs> it took me a few minutes to do enough research to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, but so as I had said on there... Um, Okay, so Disney Infinity. It's this sandbox-like thing where there's a bunch of worlds that you can create and that have also been created. Um, and it's... Okay, do you remember a few years ago there was a Spiral game that came out where you could buy figurines and... Skylanders. Oh, Skylanders, yeah, yeah, that one. This yeah. is very similar to that. And the toy boxes come with characters, worlds, items um, that are exclusive to this game as well, just sort of like with Skylanders. Um, and so... Uh, what's new, the main thing that's new about it is that now you can share your creations, but in order to be able to make the creations, you have to purchase whatever that you're going to use to make them. That being said, you can uh, still download those maps, download those games, download those mods, um, and play around with them, even if you haven't necessarily purchased the items yet, but you can't necessarily save any progress in that or anything like that. It's just you get to bring it up and play around with it for a little while, but then you got to put it back. It's like taking a nice car out for a test drive. All right. Unless you crash the car. Uh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Luckily, you can't, you know, crash the levels, and you know, so that I don't know nobody else can play them. Depends on how powerful your computer is, or if there's Ooh. an electrical storm. 
and you have to save for a while. But the good thing about digital goods is that, you know, they're not uh, exclusive. You know what I mean? Yep. Excuse me. No, I will not. Okay. You're forgiven. All right. No! Heart you. Well. All right, so our final, for our final headline, EVE Online's lead designer is waving goodbye to his home for the past five years with CCP and is now moving over to Riot Games in order to work on League of Legends. What exactly this means for both companies, I don't fully know, but it makes me excited for my eSport of choice. <laughs> so, I mean, EVE Online is incredibly successful. I mean, obviously League of Legends is too, but if you combine the... Yeah, with them combined, I'm just, yeah, that's going to be cool, that's going to be fun. Well, it's not like, you know, the lead designer is the only one who makes EVE Online a good game. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. obviously, he contributes a lot. Oh, wow, both of you were talking and I didn't understand a word of what either of you said. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, well. This is why we can't have nice things. But you know what we can have? We can have some reviews. What? I hear that Katie's been playing some pretty cool games. Uh, all the time, every time. Yeah. I just got finished with Deadpool, the game. <laughs> and it was pretty much exactly how I thought it would be. A lot of dick jokes. <laughs> a lot of booby jokes, and a lot of guns, and violence, and blood. Wait, and why was why was he talking about seabirds? What do you mean? Boobies? Boobies. Oh, ha 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 ha. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, it was so fun, because most of the time, he goes by this, like, notion, he knows he's in a game. It's like, this is my game. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. You're just along for the ride. So, get in, strap in, and start the rocket up. Well, he used to bark with the mouth for a reason. Yes, he is. Oh, man. It was just... There's some, like, issues I had with the game. Like, there's this teleporting ability you have with, um... I don't know why he can teleport, probably because it's his game, but... <laughs> and he says so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he says so, but he just says, like, I have this nifty teleporting ability. Use it to dodge. But sometimes, because the same button for the teleport dodge ability is the same for, like, quick action kill, you sometimes teleport, like away from the enemy you want to kill. Because when you do the quick action kill, you, like, chop them down in a special way or throw them and shoot them, and it's really cool. But sometimes you miss that. Also, like, when I was surrounded by enemies, you know, I wanted to, like, teleport to get away, but it was really wonky because sometimes I would go into like structures and I would miss like the characters and stuff and mm. that was kind of annoying that happened to me quite a few times let's see it's it's like a third person game right yes like would we, would you describe it as a third person beat em up then um it was easier to yeah to pull out the swords and 
kill people rather than to shoot them. Okay. You had the option of shooting them, but it was mostly... I felt like it was just easier to run up to them and kill them because you have this natural healing ability. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is in in the comic books, Deadpool's only superhero, only supernatural ability is his healing ability. Um, and I mean, the reason why he wears a suit all the time is because when they gave it to him, so they yeah, snagged it from Wolverine really... and they gave it to him. Um, what happened is they also accidentally gave it to the skin cancer that he had. Hmm. And so it completely messed up his body. Um, but, no, I mean, the only thing that he should actually have, superpowers-wise, is that unnatural ability to heal. Yeah, so, I guess, I mean, it was just, it was really fun. I mean, if you got past that whole teleporting thing and the not bothering with the big guns, it was quite fun. Except I used the guns a lot when I was in boss battles, but it was easier to just run away and heal and shoot them from afar than it is to run up and kill them. Now, obviously this game has good one-liners, but did it have, like, an overall well-written story? I would say overall well-written story is... No, because it didn't really make sense whatsoever, and I think that was kind of the point. Okay, well, if that's the be- point, and they, you know... Yeah, because there's, there's this, like, one scene where you're supposed to, like, collect the spirits of dead mutants, and you're supposed to go through these weird trials, and this, this tri- one of them trials was, like, a fun house, where you, like, shot little rubber balls at the cardboard cutouts of, like aliens and stuff. You know, like one of those like carnival games where you're supposed to shoot down the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, whoa, okay, this is interesting and new and unexpected at all. To, to say the least. Yeah. So um, if, if you were to give this game like a monetary value, what would it be? Like what, what, what price point would you recommend people buy it at? I'd say probably nothing above 30. Okay. I mean, it was fun and all, but it was kind of that crude humor that probably teenage boys would like more than serious <laughs> gamers like me. And it's not like you can't find other games with uh, crude humor. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I don't even have to go to games for that. I have you, Ian. Yes, I am your real-life Saints Row. Uh-huh. <laughs> Run around smacking people with purple dildos. Oh yeah, you should Good come man. up to Morris. It's a uh, it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Do you have any extras? I'll join you. Oh. No, my. see, we have a, we have a strict bring your own dildo policy. <laughs> we'll yeah, you never know. We'll see. So over the last week, uh, I've been playing Antichamber, and Antichamber is this really crazy uh, first-person puzzle game, but it uses non-Euclidean geometry as uh, the puzzle element for most of its puzzles. So basically what that means is, um, you know, I'll be walking down this hallway, and so I'll be walking down this hallway, and I'll get to the end, and, you know, like, I can't go on because it's the end of the hallway, and I'll turn around, and the hallway is completely different behind me. So, like, the things change around you without you realizing it. Um, There's tons and tons of different uh, puzzle elements that are 
based off of basically whatever the creator could think of, um, you know, with that kind of craziness in mind. Um, and I don't want to ruin any of those for for our listeners because, um, you know, obviously the point of the game is to discover these things. Um, and a lot of the, the puzzles you won't be able to solve the first time you get to them. A lot of times you have to, there's like some piece of knowledge that you need from later in the game or even like a piece of equipment that you need from later in the game in order to solve a puzzle. Um, so if you do get stuck, they have uh, what's called the antechamber, hence the name of the game, um, where you can just hit escape at any time and it'll transport you back to the antechamber. Um, and it's this room with all of the, um, you know, the, the game settings and a map of all of the chambers that you've completed and have seen and everything and how they connect. And it's not always clear how they connect, especially, you know, on the map. A lot of times they'll just have, like, arrows pointing to, like, nowhere, but that arrow goes to another room that's on a completely different part of the map. It's really, really confusing. Um, so, um... Also, one of the walls of the antechamber has a bunch of these, like, life lessons that you have found throughout the game. So, like, pretty much every single puzzle has, like, this, this life lesson written on the wall that pertains to that, uh, that puzzle. And I really enjoy those. They're actually my favorite part of the game um, because they, they're clever little things like... Um, uh, the, well, the first one that you find is every journey is a series of choices. The first is to begin the journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, a dead end will only stop you if you don't try to move through it. I think that was that was actually one time when I got to a dead end, and it was a false dead end, and you can actually just walk through the wall. Wow. But you won't be able to do that for every single dead end, so I'm, I don't feel like I'm giving away <laughs> too many you know puzzles there. Um, what platform then, is this on? This is on PC. Um, it's, a, it's an indie game available on Steam. Um, I think my, my favorite, or the one that weirded me out the most was the... The lesson, uh, some events happen whether you want them to or not, and it's got a picture of a birthday cake with 21 uh, up on top. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. My, tw- my, my 21st birthday is coming up. How did it know? <laughs> Which is just this incredible coincidence. Yeah. Oh, yes. They know, Ian. They know. <laughs> Um, so the game's visuals are very, very minimalistic. It's um, you know pretty much all white, and then just kind of like black lines where the corners of the hallways are. Um, and then some things in the game are colored, and those colors are usually very, very important. Like um, whichever color your gun is is you know determines what kind of powers it has. And so I think there are four colors of the gun. Um, so far, I've only gotten two of them, and I'm kind of stuck. Actually, I might have to look at some walkthroughs to like get past some of the, you know, things that I'm at right now. Um, and, it, like, this game is really, really challenging. Uh, and I've only been playing it for, like, two hours, but I'm stuck now. So, um, I'm, ha- I'm having fun with it, but it's a little bit frustrating. It's only um, 20 bucks. Okay, I'm buying this right now. I would recommend actually waiting until it's at least, like, you know, at most $10. Um, just because, I mean... It's... Well, it, okay, yeah, if, you, if you're if you really, really into puzzles, you can get it now, but I can guarantee you it'll probably be on sale for less. Okay. You know what? Actually, I'll wait, because if I know me, probably won't get around to playing it for a while anyway. <laughs> Until after it's been on sale anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Antichamber. Okay. Yeah, sounds fun. Um, let's see. Yeah, I played another game. It's called Dust, an Elysian Tale, and it's How- not like... 
It's like the animal tale. It's not like the tale of the century. No, but I like this far better than I like Deadpool. Like, I would rather play this one than I did Deadpool. Basically, you play as this character. His name is Dust. And he's lost his memory. So you're basically trying to fight your way through the world. It's a it's a really, really pretty world. Yeah. Like yeah, it was looking really at some of the screenshots. It's mostly it, was, it looks very hand drawn. Mm-hmm. I think that was the feel. I think only one person really worked on it. At least that's what I read. And Well they did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really great game. Um, there was just, like, one or two little teeny-weeny things that I didn't like about it. One was that once you get this, like, one-move combo set down, you could pretty much troll the entire game. I think it was, like, do the jump spinny thing and then have your friend Fidget cast lightning. And that would just pretty much destroy everyone. Hmm. Um, and then the boss, the final boss, I'm not giving any spoilers. It was just slightly disappointing, but when, in what I read, it was meant to be 30% longer, the whole game was. So hmm. I can understand that the boss might have been a little more not as thought out of. But and that that does being, tend to happen with games sometimes. Yeah, but for being like thirty percent not there, they did a good job for it being completely done. So how long did it take you to play through that? Mm. Of, of course, you didn't have it on Steam, so I'm not sure if you have. No, real it on was that. no. I don't. It wasn't very long. I mean, I think probably. 15 good hours. Okay. Yeah, it's not too bad, but it's not like the longest game in the world. No. But I I mean, I'm pretty used to buying like uh, a $60 game and then, you know, having a campaign that's, you know, 12 to 20 hours. Yeah. So that one's one's much more reasonable because it's a, what, $15 game? I don't remember. Uh, so if you were to give it a monetary value, what would you what would you say? I think I think I'd pay more for it actually than the fifteen dollars on Steam. Hmm. I think it was a great game. It was very pretty. Um, the characters were likable. They were all voiced very very well. Like everything was voiced. It wasn't just all text. And yeah, it was just a really nice game. Presumably, not all of the voices were the same person. Uh, well, I hope not. If they were, they did a very good job of changing their tones and pitches. Basically, the one person who worked on this game just, you know, is good at everything that there is to be yes, good at. Yes, of course. Yeah. As long as their voices Perfect. can never be disguised. Oh my gosh, who's on our show? <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever know. Megatron. Not Megatron. You have failed me yet again. Start screen. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Alright, so it's, I'm I, I'm always happy when we have a game that we review that, you know, we can just 
completely recommend that you go out and buy right away. Um, so, Dustin Elysian Tale, probably game of the week for us. <laughs> yeah, I would suggest you play it, Ian. I think you might like it. Alright, I'll put it on my wish list. Awesome, I, awesome. I, I have a schedule to keep, so I won't be getting around to it right away. <laughs> yeah, for like the next 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I have, you know, high school me to thank for that. <sighs> so let's see. There are a few uh, new releases that we'd like to mention. Outlast came out just last week. That's a, a horror game. Um, <laughs> typically, it's uh, you know set in a an asylum, and uh, you know all of the all of the famous gaming people have been going crazy over it. Um, also, in a good way. Or? Um, yeah, like uh, um, the guy who writes Control Delete um, did a, a stream on Twitch. Uh, I watched a, a few minutes of that, um, and he he apparently he was planning on only going for like a couple of hours with that, but then he went until like two in the morning, <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> he didn't want to put down the game and and you know never come back to it again the way that I did with Amnesia. Well, that's the way you do it. Um, also, uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons came out just last week. Um, that's the game where you you are controlling both characters at the same time with you know the two different analog sticks uh, on the controller. Mm. Um, and so, of course, if you're playing that game, you definitely mm. need to use a controller. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds painful. Um, um, speaking of Amnesia, though, um, the sequel Amnesia: Machine for Pigs will be coming out a week from those last games on the tenth, so this Tuesday. Um, I'm planning on I I already pre-ordered that, so I'm planning on playing that. And in preparation, of course, I'm playing the first one, <laughs> scaring my pants, or you know, scaring your pants, pants off. right off. Yes. Yeah, exactly. My pants just left the room because they were too frightened of the game. I persevered though. Well, I'll scare the uh, the shadows away by being pantsless. Oh yes. Just Are you so sure scary. your villain's screams won't scare them away? Actually, if I'm if I'm pantsless, you know, then my pasty whiteness, you know, where the sun don't touch, it'll give you away. Well, mm-hmm. th- but then there won't be any darkness, and uh, <laughs> just too bright for them to handle. <laughs> Even in a room with no light. <laughs> I mean, if your pants go off too too far, then they might just be on the ground laughing. Some people, some people, hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-uh, I'm not re- I'm not returning that heart this time. Madro? Oh, fine. I heart you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, hopefully I'll be reviewing uh Amnesia and uh, the Machine for Pigs next week. Ian, are you planning on playing anything new and uh, reviewing it for us? I noticed that you've been playing um, Dragon Age 2, which I don't think that we've reviewed yet. I thought we did. I feel like we've talked about it, um, but I don't think that we've had like a proper, proper review. We'll check. We'll have to, check. We'll, we'll, we'll have to double check that, because I remember talking about it and having a proper review and saying that <sighs> I was disappointed in it because it, it, it lacked a lot of the stuff that Dragon Age Origins had. Actually, you might be right. I do remember that. Speaking okay. of Dragon Age, though, something that was recently announced, back to headlines, brief second, <laughs> um, um, that actually I'm kind of excited about is in Dragon Age Inquisition, the newer one that's coming out, you can actually play as Kunari, which uh, are... Isn't that a, one of the species? Mm-hmm. Think, think orc, almost. Half oh. orc, 
esque sort of person. And it'll also be the very first time that there will ever be a chance of there being a female Kunari. Well. And I mean, as in, like, that's the first time that they've actually been seen in the games. Hmm. So, it'll kind be interesting. Of like, yeah, kind of like how uh, that one Mass Effect 3 DLC was like, hey, there is a uh, a female um, Turian in this in this DLC, and I and I suddenly was just like, oh my gosh, I never actually met one of them before. Like I hadn't <laughs> thought about it, but then I was like, I've I don't think I've ever talked to a female Turian. I think that pretty much sums up your life. You don't talk to females at all. Actually, most of the friends That's... that I've held on to here at Morris uh, are girls. Oh yeah, I'm one of those. Oh my gosh! Who knew? What? <laughs> You're not oh, a friend. And what, oh, what? And what <laughs> I'm gonna be playing? You forgot to ask me what I'm gonna be playing, Ian. What are you so going it doesn't to be really playing, matter. Um, it matters. I think I'm we care about you. Play. Uh, remember me? That's. Oh. Yes. It's the one where she's like a memory hunter, and then she loses her oh. memories. So she. Yes. You should come on and review that in a few weeks, um, because back when it came out, I messaged out on Facebook and was like, hey, who's buying this game? Anybody want to come on our show and review it? And nobody responded. Ha. And then maybe I'll do R.I.P.D. the game, but that kind of looks terrible. Yeah. The movie wasn't too good, but I don't know. Oh. And then I have to get around to playing The Witcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, IGN gave gave Remember Me a 5.9. The reason being, let's see, huh. the reasoning being the pluses were it had ambitious ideas and memory remix sequences they really liked. I can't um, believe that you're referencing, uh, you know, a competitor's reviewing scale. See, I found... Okay, we don't so, have a scale. <laughs> so just a quick little review. I've only done one memory remix so far. And I found that so annoying mm, because yeah. you have to like slowly turn the mouse to rewind the memory, and then you have to stop it perfectly to like get the thing you want to change in the memory. And it was just really annoying. And I hope they never had to do it again. Except that that's like one of the one of the cool things that they uh, showed off about that game. So it's probably going to come up again. Oh, oh well. I mean. Maybe if I play R.I.P.D. first, then every other game will seem <laughs> so much better in comparison. It's true. Just saying. Hmm. Alright, so uh, that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of 8-Bit. This is Ian Buck. And this is Ian Dacker. And I'm Katie Redmond. Signing off. Careful there, because Ryan will take that and he will make it into the ending of the episode again. Also, Ryan, I muted you because you were talking to somebody outside, so I don't know if you unmuted. Probably Matt. This is 8-Bit, episode 44. My pants left the room on Sunday, September 8th, 2013. And now, want somewhere to put your seed? This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest shit. I love it how you're actually into Instagram. I mean, <laughs> you're very into Instagram. Oh my god! Oh no! That's I'm, bad. What have I done? 
ingress. <laughs> <laughs>